the Our Patriots podcast, honoring the men and women who achieved American independence and taken from the pages of American Spirit, the Daughters of the American Revolution's award-winning magazine. John Jay's Quest for Peace and Unity, written by Courtney Peter and appearing in the May-June 2016 edition of American Spirit magazine. 27 years of nearly uninterrupted public service transformed John Jay from a proud British subject hoping for a peaceful resolution with Britain to an ardent advocate of a strong national government for the precarious United States. During that time, Jay performed an array of critical roles, including co-drafter of the New York Constitution, president of the Continental Congress, co-negotiator of the Treaty of Paris, first Chief Justice of the United States, and Governor of New York. Drawing on his abundant experience and range of abilities, Jay helped to secure peace and unity in the new nation's first decades. A Son of New York John Jay was born in 1745 in New York City and baptized at Trinity Church. His father, Peter Jay, a Huguenot, fled religious persecution in France to settle in New York where he became a prosperous merchant. Mary Van Cortlandt Jay, his mother, was a member of one of Colonial New York's most prominent families. After graduating from King's College, present-day Columbia University, 1764, he spent four years as a law clerk, then entered private practice. The year 1774 brought big changes for Jay personally and professionally. On April 28th, he married Sarah Livingston, the daughter of New Jersey Governor William Livingston. Together, they had six children. In the late summer of 1774, Jay traveled to Philadelphia as a delegate to the First Continental Congress. Resistor turned revolutionary. Jay became a valuable member of the convention. In November 1774, he authored the Address to the People of Great Britain, an appeal for recognition of the colonists' demands. Quote, to enforce this unconstitutional and unjust scheme of taxation, Every fence that the wisdom of our British ancestors had carefully erected against arbitrary power has been violently thrown down in America, Jay wrote. Still, the address vowed that reconciliation remained possible. Permit us to be as free as yourselves, and we shall ever esteem a union with you to be our greatest glory and greatest happiness. Thomas Jefferson said of the work, I think it the finest composition in the English language. Having seen protests of the Sugar Act and the Stamp Act lead to the repeal of those measures, Jay was so certain that properly expressed resistance could change British policy that he would become one of the last American leaders to be converted from resistance to revolution, Walter Starr writes in John Jay, Founding Father, published by Bloomsbury Academics in 2006. Once converted, Jay committed fully to independence in the address of the Convention of the Representatives of the State of New York to their constituents Published December the 23rd, 1776, Jay wrote, When your country is invaded and cries aloud for your aid, fly not to some secure corner of a neighboring state and remain idle spectators of her distress, but share in her fate and manfully support her cause. Jay continued serving in the Continental Congress between breaks to help establish New York state government. In December 1778, Congress elected him as its president. Despite its prestige, the position held little power. The demanding job involved a deluge of correspondence, refereeing political and personal disputes, 
and entertaining foreign ministers and fellow members of Congress. Jay served for 10 months until he received his next assignment. Negotiator Abroad In September 1779, Congress appointed Jay as a diplomatic envoy to Spain, from which the United States hoped to secure money, arms, and recognition as an independent nation. The situation in Madrid was bleak. Spain declined to recognize the United States' independence and had meager funds to spare due to its own war with Britain. Jay spent his time trying to arrange meetings and scrambling to pay the bills that Congress drew against the expected Spanish loans. As Spain continued to stall, Jay was summoned to France as part of a commission to negotiate peace with Britain. In June 1782, Jay arrived in Paris, joining Benjamin Franklin, who had been serving as minister to France since 1776. John Adams, the third member of the commission, arrived in late October 1782. Britain and the United States were not the only parties to consider. The United States had promised France that they would not make peace with Britain until France did too. The French, in turn, had made the same promise to their Spanish allies, with each nation focused on different, often competing concerns. The negotiations required delicacy and compromise. The Americans' chief concerns were recognition of independence, national boundaries, free trade, use of the Mississippi River, and access to North Atlantic fisheries. Britain wanted amnesty and restoration of property for loyalists and for Americans to repay their debts to British creditors. In September 1782, Jay drafted a peace treaty. Quote, Although there were many later changes, much of Jay's first draft survived into the final document, Starr writes. It took nearly two years for both sides to ratify and sign the Treaty of Paris, which Americans considered a success. The peace which exceeds in the goodness of its terms, the expectations of the most sanguine, does the highest honor to those who made it. Alexander Hamilton wrote to Jay on July the 25th, 1783. Building a National Government The peace treaty played a major role in Jay's post-revolutionary war work. As the Continental Congress's Secretary of Foreign Affairs from December 1784 to March of 1790, Jay dealt with the fallout from both parties' failures to meet the treaty terms. British troops remained in forts around Detroit, and the Americans had not rendered aid to the Loyalists or repaid British creditors. Other matters requiring attention included talks with Spain regarding navigation of the Mississippi River and the seizure of American ships by the Barbary powers. By the end of Jay's tenure, none of these issues were resolved, but neither had they escalated to the point of war. Achieving this degree of equilibrium took a great deal of work. At the same time, Jay actively campaigned on behalf of the Constitution, both privately and publicly. With Hamilton and James Madison, he co-authored the Federalist Papers. Most of Jay's essays concerned foreign affairs, arguing that a united country would command respect, whereas divided states would invite exploitation. He helped form the consensus that strong national government was necessary, provided several key concepts such as the supremacy of national laws, he wrote powerful essays in support of the new constitution, and above all, through quiet compromise, he persuaded the anti-federalists at Poughkeepsie to accept and ratify the U.S. Constitution's star rights. In 1789, President George Washington appointed Jay as the first Chief Justice of the United States. Early on, the Supreme Court had few cases to try, 
the appeals process needed time to work. Justices also provided over regional circuit courts, which kept them away from home for long periods of time. While riding the circuit, Jay began court sessions with a charge to the grand jury, both to help frame the juror's role and to explain the new judiciary system itself. On May 4, 1790, he advised, When offenders are prosecuted with temper and decency, when they are convicted after impartial trials and punished in a manner becoming the dignity of public justice to prescribe, the feelings and sentiments of men will be on the side of government. His Career's Final Acts War with Britain was a serious threat by 1794 due to maritime hostilities by the British. The United States, with an infant government and virtually no military, was ill-prepared for war. Washington sent Jay to England as a special envoy to broker peace via a commercial agreement with Britain. The evacuation of British troops from the Northwest Force, national boundaries, British creditors, and United States exports also factored into the discussions. Jay's treaty, signed November the 19th, 1794, favored the United States with respect to boundaries and England in terms of commerce. The terms sparked public outcry and debate. Still, the Senate ratified Jay's treaty and Washington signed it. Whatever else was conceded, the main goal to secure peace had been attained. While Jay sailed home from England, he was elected governor of New York. He resigned from the Supreme Court and returned to his home state. As a governor, Jay enacted criminal reform, set in motion the gradual abolition of slavery in New York, and navigated partisan politics. By 1800, as his second gubernatorial term neared its end, Jay was resolved to retire. The next year, he left public life for his farm in Bedford, New York, where he died on May the 17th, 1829. His son, Peter Augustus Jay, selected these words for his tombstone. In memory of John Jay, eminent among those who asserted the liberty and established the independence of his country, which he long served in the most important offices, legislative, executive, judicial, and diplomatic. And there's one brief sidebar to this story that appeared in American Spirit, and that is that you may visit the John Jay Homestead in Katona, New York, now a state historic site. The estate where John Jay spent his retirement years offers its extensive grounds for visitors to explore free of charge between sunrise and sunset. From mid-May through mid-October, docent-led tours of Jay's home are also available on Wednesdays and Sundays for a small fee. Summer is a busy season at the homestead with monthly outdoor screenings of family-friendly films and farmer's markets on each Saturday morning from the middle of June to the end of October. I hope you have enjoyed this edition of the Our Patriots podcast and that you'll listen to future installments, each focused on a patriot who helped to win our independence. I also know that you will enjoy reading more about our nation's fascinating history by receiving a subscription to American Spirit magazine. Visit us at dar.org and search for American Spirit. Consider, too, researching your family tree and joining our service organization of dedicated women devoted to promoting historic preservation, education, and patriotism. There's something for everyone in today's DAR. This has been the Our Patriots podcast, a dynamic duo high five production in association with the Daughters of the American Revolution and Tin Shingle.